Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Well, the good news, Bison fans, after last Saturday's 27-19 disappointing loss in Brookings, the sun has come up six times, and the herd, if they win today against Youngstown State, who happens to be the last place team in the Valley. Oh, no, I I jinxed it, right? I don't think so. I think we'll be fine. If the Bison win today, they clinch a share, at least a share, of the Missouri Valley Football Conference Championship, which is a hard thing to do. You got it locked in to hurt it here with Swanee and 740 AM, the fan. It was a rough one down there in Brookings, and I really appreciated Bison fans talking with a lot of you down there at tailgating and during the game and around the stadium. Libby, my wife, was giving me a tough time when a few a few of you recognized old brother Swan here. Getting a little bit of a big head, but I, I do enjoy visiting with you guys and sitting with a bunch of other Bison fans at the game. We were on the NDSU sideline about the uh, 15 20-yard line toward the the Dyke House end zone, so that would be the end zone away from the student section. And things just, it was one of those days, especially early on, the Bison were not firing on all cylinders. And that started right out of the gate. Second play from scrimmage, Pierre Strong, SDSU's running back, rips off a 75-yard run for a touchdown. After that, the herd largely held him in check. His final numbers are pretty impressive. Strong's 23 for 156 and a touchdown, two touchdowns. He only rushed for 81 yards after that 75-yarder, but that 75-yarder really set the tone for the day because North Dakota State was playing on their heels and playing catch-up the rest of the contest. In the debacle that was the second quarter, NDSU just dug too deep of a hole finding themselves trailing 24-7 to at the half. And for all of that, for everything that transpired throughout the day, the penalties, the, rough, the roughing the punter penalty in the second quarter was huge. That might have been the play of the game. The Bison had forced a punt. It was tied up 7-7. Roughing the punter, SDSU gets it back. But remember, remember the Bison defense stood strong. And had SDSU backed up like a third and 15, SDSU snaps the ball on third down. They run a play. It's a a no-gainer, maybe even a loss of a yard. And we face mask. And we face mask right after a roughing the punter. So you had two really bad penalties on fourth down and third down that extended a drive. And SDSU was able to go down and score and take up 10 minutes of the clock in doing it. 16 plays, 80 yards, aided by NDSU's mistakes. 
You take those two in a, in a game, a football game like this, I've said it a hundred times, really any football game, but especially when you're playing a team as good as South Dakota State, two or three plays are going to decide that contest. And the Bison were at what I do appreciate and, and what we have to give credit to, to Matt Ants and the Bison for, they didn't quit. They were down 24-7 to at the half. We got the ball to start the second half. We open it up by fumbling. Defense gets a stop on a fourth down. SDSU kicks a field goal. They're up 27-7. to Midway through, about midway through the third quarter, NDSU did not quit. They fought and they battled back, and they had an opportunity on an onside kick with a minute and change left to get the ball back. And SDSU's return guy, number four, who uh, fielded that onside kick, did a nice job. Once once uh, Reinholds teed that thing up and it took that bounce, man, that was a hot potato streaking right toward SDSU. One of those things you see on SportsCenter a hundred times. It ricochets off a dude's chest somehow. We were going to get it, and the dude just made a play. SDSU recovers the onside kick. That's the ball game. That's the Dakota marker. But for all of that, for NDSU fumbling down, the game's waning minutes, and and I don't know why, guys. Look, I'll tell you throughout the course of this morning, I'm still really bullish. I tweeted about it at Swanee 8, S-W-A-N-Y, the number 8. I'm still really bullish about this Bison football team. You can't fumble the ball on a first and goal from your own two. You can't do that. You can't do that. We talked about how points would come at a premium in the Bison offense. I know a lot of you out there, I saw there was a letter to the editor in the forum this week. I love the passion from our fan base. That's how three to 4,000 Bison fans will drive three hours to a place like Brookings, South Dakota to cheer on the herd. Most FBS schools don't have fans that travel like that. I've been to FBS football games. I've been to all of the big Bison ones, whether it was to to Kinnick Stadium in Iowa, to the Snyder Family Football Complex in Manhattan, the trips to the Metrodome and TCF down in Minneapolis. I can tell you this. Watch. Watch any FBS game on ESPN, on Fox, on NBC, CBS, or ABC today. And look for the away team fans. Last week in Brookings, they're really easy to pick out. All of that yellow on the away team sideline behind the Bison. You are not going to see that anywhere else in the FCS and at very few places in the FBS. So I love, 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 love the passion. I do. And the reason I bring it up Bison fans are smart football fans. But I'll tell you this, guys. The problem with the Bison offense is not the quarterback play. It's not the passing. And I don't even think it's the play calling. It's an inability to run the ball between the tackles. Cam Miller played a nice football game for the Herd against the Jacks. He was 15-23 for 65 yards, meaning he's completing two out of every three passes, which is outstanding, for 218 and two touchdowns. And on that interception where the Bison were driving in the first half, 
first and 10 from SDSU's 38. He put one up, was trying to get the ball to Christian Watson. I thought that might have been a pass interference. I thought SDSU's guy pushed Christian in the back. That's why Christian fell down. If you watch the film, I didn't catch that till I think Ross Uglum over at Bison Report had uh, retweeted something about it on Saturday night or Sunday, and I'm sitting at my in-laws Watertown having a couple beers and kind of licking my wounds from the game like many of you. And I saw that, and, and right away I thought, man, what was Cam thinking? Well, you got a receiver as good as Christian Watson trying to get him the ball. I have zero problem with that. That, that kind of stuff happens. Throw the ball up to your big boy, let him make a catch. Cam also led NDSU with 13 rushes for 59 yards. That's a problem. Bison running backs and that offensive line need to clean it up. Coach Enns called them out a little bit this week. The offensive line, and it's fair, they're up and down this year. It's so inconsistent. This team hasn't been able to run the ball between the tackles and do we see the Bison say, you know what? We just can't do that. I don't think so. You have to try to establish the run. That's how you win in the postseason. But the running back's got to pick it up, man. And that offensive line needs to do a better job. The Rams need to do a better job, especially on the interior run game. We have not seen that. That has been not just noticeably absent. I don't know if I recall a Bison team in my lifetime. And this goes back to to going to games at Dakota Field starting in 1990, reading uh, uh, Colpac's book, Three Decades of Excellence. That's uh, Jeff, Dave, and Bruce's dad, uh, Ed Colpac, who was the longtime beat writer for the Bison back in the day. I remember reading that back when I was like eight years old. Pa Swanee started bringing us to games at Dakota Field. We'll have Brother Swan on, by the way, this morning. You guys like listening to him. So you say, bring him back on. We'll bring him back on because he's a man of the people. When we started going to Bison games, first one, a quarterfinal playoff game at Dakota Field against Cal Poly back in 1990. Dome opens in 1993. We've had season tickets ever since. I don't know how many folks can say that, they, that they've been uh, season ticket holders since the Fargo Dome opened, but we've, we are among them. We've had season tickets to the Dome since it opened in 93. We were ball boys, Justin and I were, and some buddies from Maddox starting in 90s. Justin would know for sure. I think it was 95 or 96, maybe uh, two years, Rocky's last two years. We were ball boys, and we were ball boys for Coach Babbage's first few years. Justin went on to be an equipment guy and graduate assistant for the team. I actually filmed practices when I was an undergrad. Coach Som suckered me into that. Uh, Covered the team for the Illustrated, writing for this magazine, blah, blah, blah. I don't ever recall in the last 35 years seeing a Bison team that has struggled to run the ball like this unit. And I'm trying not to be critical, but it is what it is. That's why the Bison lost the game in South Dakota State. They were not able to run the ball. And Cam did a nice job throwing the ball. The numbers reflect that, 15-23 to for 218. The Bison need to do a better job once they get inside the other team's 30. I've said that all season as well. That red zone offense, Jake Reinhold stepped up, kicked another big field goal that the game, uh, gave the Bison a chance for the onside at the end. Reinhold is playing great. And you're going to need a guy like that to come on, kick some field goals for you, but it just makes me cringe. Time after time after time, this team gets inside the 30 and drives stall out. You need to fix that. 
you absolutely need to fix that. I thought the play calling when uh, Quincy was in there for that one play, and I've been asked about that. Look, guys, here's what I'll tell you. Why didn't Quincy get into the game at that uh, first and goal from the two-yard line? I don't know. They had him in a few plays earlier when they did that kind of uh, double-toss pass, and they found Gindorf for a nice gain. I thought that play calling was fine. If Cam doesn't fumble the ball there on that exchange and, you know, what have you, do the Bison put it in? Maybe. But the Bison had a bunch of penalties, too. That's still neat. That's another issue. So you got the inability to run the ball in between the tackles. You've got the struggles inside the 30 to score touchdowns. And then you've got the penalties that still are. We've talked about it all fall on this program. Nine penalties for 75 yards. That cost the buys in the football game. What happens in that game if you take away that rough in the punter, you take away that face mask, the buys and get the ball back till they go back down and score? Well, I'll tell you what, they're not trailing 24-7 to at the half. Those penalties gave South Dakota State a score, and it was a one-score game at the end there. I thought the Bison did a lot of things nice, though, too. I thought they fought and they battled. They could have folded up the tent. They could have felt sorry for themselves. SDSU was primed to put the throat on the neck and twist and take the Bison out. The Bison were in the ballgame with an opportunity in the waning minutes. For as bad as they played, for as bad as they played, the Bison were right there. And, And we see that in some seasons, haven't we? Outside of the, the 2013 team that went undefeated, the 2018 and 2019 teams that went undefeated, the other five championship teams in the FCS era, they've had just kind of that clunker, that stinker of a game, flush that turd out of your system, away we go. Start off rebound today against Youngstown State, and everything is still on the table for this football team. It'll be awfully hard for that playoff selection committee next weekend, next Sunday, if the Bison win today and then can beat South Dakota, finishing 10-1 atop the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the outright champion, you have to give North Dakota State no worse than the three-seed and probably the two-seed. And I say that, and we'll talk about it with Brother Swan when he comes on in a few minutes here. The Valley is the best conference in the FCS. Now, I understand that James Madison is having a nice year. I understand Montana State's having a nice year. The Big Sky and the CAA are not as tough as the Valley. If you can go through the meat grinder of the Valley and your only loss is a one-score loss to a highly ranked and seeded, what will likely be a seeded South Dakota State team, how do you not give the outright champs of the Missouri Valley, the number two seed. They will have earned it. They will have absolutely have earned it, but they got to take care of business today. 11 o'clock kick, a little bit early. 38 degrees at 11 o'clock in Youngstown, Ohio. There's a 39% chance of rain by 12 rain and wet snow. Let's hope it stays dry so that bison passing attack can be part of of the game plan, but the Bison need to do a better job. They need to figure it out, and I don't know if it involves moving personnel around on that interior of the offensive line. I don't know if it involves the the running back situation. What's so striking to me, I don't know if Hunter Lipke is dinged up. 
He didn't have a single carry against South Dakota State. Not one. Not one rush. So I don't know if that's a situation where what you're doing offensively, you're trying to to protect him if he's dealing with an injury issue, which we know he was last spring and earlier this fall. But boy, the way that guy runs the ball, I don't know. I don't know why you don't give the ball to him. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I would like to see him more involved in the game plan, but I don't care if you've got Barry Sanders back there. You need to do a better job blocking it up front. Want to thank Smith Motors, Wapaton, small town, friendly, big town deals, big time stuff. Walton's Tire Service, your local one stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Coming up after the break, we got Brother Swan joining us on Herd Adherent. I will ask you, Brother Swan, are you as bullish on the bison getting back to Frisco as I am? Next on Herd Adhere. <laughs> A friend of Brother brother Swan, Andy Delabar up at Lamore. Litchville, Marion, LLM winning a state championship. Lots of stories. Several, well, most of them probably not appropriate for the air. But uh, old Mr. Delabar back in the college days, former tight end for the herd. Want to congratulate him on a state title. Kindred, the Vikings, winning, I believe, the first uh, state championship in their school history. Jamestown with uh, one of the Kallenbach boys, Michael Kallenbach, a Maddox guy, former NDSU Bisonist son. On that team, and then the nightcap West Fargo Cheyenne winning the first championship in program history. So, congratulations to all those teams that participated in the Dakota Bowl. Walking in, I let Brother Swan into the studio here at the mighty uh, 790 KFGO, 740 AM, the fan, and the, the whole empire of stations, the leaders, as it were. And he's got this little notebook. So, like your little notebook, huh? And he says, Billy likes grape soda. Miss Miss Lippy drives a green car. So what do you got? What do you got in your notes? I, t- I told listeners I'd ask you if you're as, as bullish. I think this Bison team's still getting to Frisco. There's a lot of I, I mentioned a letter to the editor. I think one of you guys sent it in our text group last night, that Bison fan talking about the play calling is, is stupid and and this offense is stupid. I, th- I I really like the Bison passing attack. I love the way Cam's playing. Rajon Nelson with his first Bison touchdown. Zach Mathis becoming an even bigger part of the game plan. Two catches for 30. Uh, Sproles, three for 29. Watson, you know, three for 82 doing what he does. But uh, before we get into my th- or your thoughts as to how bullish you are on the Bison, or maybe not so bullish, what, uh, what kind of notes did you bring into studio here there what's on your crib sheet i got a couple notes here a couple fun facts for the fans and listen i get bison nations upset i think you used the word clunker earlier we go down from brooklyn i said turd. turd a turd a turd by any other name is still a clunker billy shakespeare 1964 listen i think bison fans are upset we, we can handle a loss there's been losses in every title year except three there's been losses but to go down there and it just seems like we didn't match their focus. We didn't match their intensity. We didn't match their energy. That's what I think Bison fans have a hard time with. They have the expectations for all these Bison teams are sky high. You're judged against undefeated team and national champions. So I think losses, like I said, we've been there, but they want to see that tough, physical, disciplined play. And I don't think we necessarily saw that the on penalties, Saturday. The, the penalties. penalties. You know, the roughy and the punter, just some of those. Uh, the face the mask. The face mask, the fumble. And the false starts. That's that's one the of the other things starts. I talked yeah. about before the break 
the offensive line struggling to run the ball. And part of that is so many false starts, so many procedural penalties where you take that second and six or even second and two, and now it's second and seven, second and eight, or instead of first and 10, it's first and 15. And even late in the game in key situations, that I, I'm with you. Look, I, I, I well, you talked about procedure all year long. Was it you and I, Missouri State, that deep ball that Quincy hit to Watson down the field that got called Missouri back? Missouri State. It's just, little things like that. It's just, I think, this is a smart football fan base. It just drives them nuts, and I think because they expect so much out of this team. But listen, you asked what I had in my notebook. Little fun facts this morning, going through, doing my research, because I am a guy that believes in research. And did, science. And science. Specifically science, I before E. Did you know... At one point in his career, Craig Bull was 2-4 and four against SDSU. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that even Chris Kleiman lost consecutive games to the old Smack Rabbits? I knew that. I knew yeah. that. So the point I'm trying to make there is those are some pretty talented coaches, right? Brookings isn't an easy place to play. And if you look at your pal, old Johnny T. Stigmeyer, he's built that program to compete with NDSU. You look at, they had a complete line change on the defensive line at one point on Saturday. Doesn't it seem that they pull out all the stops too? And I hate to relive the the pain that was that game, but on the the screen pass stuff, even on the drive where they scored to go up 21-7 after, this is the drive they had after the rough in the punter and after the face mask. Several times, I think three straight uh, sequences, they had the Jacks were in third and plus seven. It's like a third and ten, a third and nine, and maybe a third and six, third and seven. And they had those screen passes dialed up, and they just gashed us. They did. They, they seem, I don't want to say more prepared, but they always seem to to have those little wrinkles against us. And then the, the fourth fourth and one, where Ola Dukin lines up, they snap it under his legs to the, the running back fullback, and he pops one over the top, that but, fake that trick play for a touchdown. That was strong through a touchdown Was pass. it strong yeah. through the touchdown? And you hear post-game, he'd said that they've been sitting on that for three years. They've been sitting on that play for Ugh. three years, but to your point, desperation is a stinky, is a stinky clone. clone. But but no, they, they to their credit, they, they always seem to the come out with that it. edge. They pop it out right. Yeah. You talked about how this team came. They Andy issue was playing on their heels the entire game. Absolutely. And they fought back, which, which says something. That says that's a championship fighter's mentality. To, to come back and be in that game. But especially against the Jackrabbits, the last few times we've played them, it has seemed like we're playing on our heels, that we're playing tight, we're tentative, and they, they come out with the energy and they pop us in the mouth. They controlled. SDSU dictated that game from start to finish. And NDSU just dug too deep a hole to, to end up clawing back. But when you're down 27-7 to midway through the third, that's that's a problem. And again, I so much appreciated how NDSU fought back and, and got back into that game. But just that I think what frustrates me as a fan, to, to your point, is how the Bison were on their heels that entire contest and just playing from behind, playing catch-up. And SDSU just seemed to be always one or two steps ahead of where we were at during that ball game. Well, you know, I think there was a lot of self-surgery, a lot of self-scout in the football offices this week, and Coach Ench would say, the Bison got to worry about the Bison. And I think the good thing is, SDSU wasn't taking advantage of a <clears throat> Wenicky Goddard mismatch situation over top. They weren't just gashing us Six, the line seven of yards play after pop. play yep. after play. They didn't dominate. the. We, they, we they, stubbed they, our toe a lot. Yes. Yes, the scoreboard. The scoreboard reflects they won. And credit to them, they're a good Absolutely. football team. They, they got the marker. I was telling people after this game, this South Dakota State team, out of all their teams in the last five years, including the ones that you know, the one that got to the championship last spring, and several of them that got to the semifinal of the game, I don't think this Jackrabbits team is as good as their previous teams 
were. I think Ola Dukin did a nice job. The Bison only had one sack. They got to him a bunch of times and were there. They just couldn't get home and finish it and knock him down. But he's he's. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as um, old old what's his face, Taron Christian. I don't think he's good as Gronowski. They they were not able to throw the ball downfield. He's with serviceable. Him. He really he's, is. And he, well, and he did a nice job extending plays. Yep. I think that's a strength of his. But but at the end of the day, this wasn't a game where the teams just lined up and they were hands down just a much much better football team. If it was something like that, that would concern me more. And that's why I'm bullish on this team. There are things that the Bison can fix. I think the Bison are a better football, and the Jacks fans are going to hate it. I don't care from an objective football standpoint. I think the Bison are a better football team. They just beat themselves. Yeah, you know, and that's the one thing I'll say, too. Like you said, credit to SDSU. They got the win. You can't say, oh, we lost this game. They flat out beat us. They punched us in the mouth in the first half, and we didn't answer. But I take solace in listening to a couple of Bison guys this week in the local market here. You have David Brown, the defensive coordinator, on the radio talking about that screen pass game, saying, listen, like, in hindsight, maybe I should have been, you know, told the guys, hey, just – recognize this, see it coming. Because in our goal, he said he wants the guys to get upfield, want them to be aggressive. He doesn't want them to stop being aggressive. But when you see that screen pass, you understand, hey, did you just blow through the line on touch free? Okay, something might be going on there. You have Jimmy Hendricks. Jimmy saying this week, uh, basically that, that Pierre Strong run, it wasn't a situation where SDSU out-schemed us. It wasn't a situation where they saw something or they blocked a point of attack and, and made some plays. It was a fact we just didn't execute. You know, Jimmy Football said, no matter, we had no one in no the matter what defense we would have called there, if we would have executed and fitted it right, we should have stopped that play, bar none. So the play call is in. We just execute. Uh, again, you have one guy, two guys that don't do their 111-211. That happens. You have to execute and credit to SDSU. A good team will make you pay for that, and they did. And that that's, to, to me, you take away some of those plays and that – we're going to wash that one down. I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think it's as simple as blaming the play calling. The Bison outgained the Jacks. The Bison had more total yards than this offensive juggernaut that was supposed to be South Dakota State. The Bison outgained them. But in the one area where it counted, all those other things reflected on the scoreboard. The penalties, the failure to convert drives, giving up that big 75-yarder. And yeah, SDSU took advantage of it, but if the Bison don't stub their own toe, I think it's a different story. And I think the Bison bring the marker back to Fargo. At the at the end of the day, though, I still feel really good about this football team. I, I think they, they need to do a better job running the ball. I think, I think that's the single biggest issue with the Bison right now. I think Cam Miller's doing a nice job. I have the play calling doesn't bother me as much. You have to execute, and, and fans can and gripe and complain about Tyler Roll all they want. He can't go out there and make an offensive lineman take care of his job and not get pushed back into the backfield. You 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 need if you're the Rams, you need to have some pride and you need to figure out how to get that run game going. And if the Bison can do that with how well Cam has been playing, the dude has eight touchdowns in three games since two games as a starter. Indiana State and South Dakota State, and in one half against Missouri State, you're talking 10 quarters of football, eight touchdown passes. Eight touchdown passes. Listen to this. You talk about getting back to Frisco, and and obviously the the team would say, the coaches would say, listen, we got to take care of what's in front of us first. We have Youngstown, we have USD, and then it's 1-0 uh, each week, attack the process, and on and on we go. But listen to this. Does this sound like a team that can compete for national championship? This team's outscoring their opponents 32-10. to 10. This team is... Uh, outscoring their opponents off of turnovers, fifty-nine to seven. This team's out rushing their opponents, uh, 
2,233 yards to 780 yards. That's 248 yards a game to 81 yards a game. Uh, we have more passing touchdowns, 14 to 4, uh, outscoring their opponents 71 to 15 in the fourth quarter. Listen, this team is built to compete. They're built to get to Frisco, but the margin for error, I think, is we've talked about this week. It's a little bit smaller, right? Uh, when you're making a, a championship meal, if you will, you got to cook with the right ingredients. And we have the right ingredients, but it's a matter of putting them at the right place in the right time. And you go back to that run game. The fact that our, our leading running back, our leading rusher from the back position is Dom Ganell at 384 yards. And we're nine, through nine game, games. Through nine through games. Nine games. Know, that's concerning. And you look. It's more than concerning. Yeah. You look, it's, a, it's a big, big F word of concerning. Yeah. But you talk about big F word of concerning. Uh, to me, too, it's our, our slow starts in the first quarter. He has seven points. Take out Valpo. So seven points, six points, three points, ten points, seven points, zero points, 16 against Indiana State, seven against the Jacks. Barf. Needs to Barf be better. City. We, and that's that's the, the starts. Coming up after the break, it's not all doom and gloom, Bison fans. We are 8-1. and one. We're 5-1 and one in the Valley. And if the Herd wins today, clinches at least a share of the conference championship. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about this Youngstown State football team that the Bison will see later this morning and what the Herd needs to do to get back on track. March of the Penguins. It's heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM. The Fan. I bet our good friend uh, Dom Izzo at DAY, he's got to love weekends like this. They did an outstanding job by the uh, with the Dakota Bowl, by the way. Bison fans, I had a few at work yesterday already complaining because the, the game will not be on DAY, the TV provider of the herd. It's that Missouri Valley Football Conference game of the week, so you need the ESPN Plus to get it. Kickoff is a little earlier than usual, 11 o'clock, so a bunch of bars I know in town I Saw the ads that they're opening early, so I imagine uh, we, you and me, and our uh, our better halves and our Maverick and baby baby Sophie, will end up watching that game maybe somewhere in town at a, a local establishment around the around the rink. Coming up next with Travis Dunn, but around the Missouri Valley Football Conference this afternoon, of course, NDSU, Youngstown State from the Ice Castle in Northeast Ohio at 11 a.m. Southern Illinois at Indiana State, noon kick. The the most intriguing game, well, there's a couple intriguing games this this week in the Valley. South Dakota State in Dirty Verm, in Vermilion, the Dirty Verm against the Yotes, 1 o'clock kickoff, SDSU. Will they come in with a, a false sense of they're, they're pretty special after beating the Bison? South Dakota is sitting there 6-3 and three overall, 4-2 and two in the league, both SDSU and USD are four and two in the conference. The winner of that game, well, SDSU at seven and two with an FBS win is probably already in the playoffs. South Dakota, though, with the win against the Jacks to improve to five and two in the league, seven and three overall. They probably punch a ticket to the playoffs. They have to win one of their next two if they're USD, either today against the Jacks or next week against the Bison to get into the playoff mix. Northern Iowa, another intriguing game. Northern Iowa is uh, sitting there last week, a, a real uh, interesting loss in overtime, 17-10 to 10 against Illinois State after they were one of the hottest teams in all of the FCS, having beaten uh, South Dakota State and I think knocking off Southern Illinois. But Northern Iowa at Missouri State, that's a 2 o'clock kick. Missouri State sitting there 5-2 and two in the league, 6-3 and three overall, still in the hunt for a valley share of a Valley crown. 
then you have you and I three and three, five and four. If they lose today, that would drop them to three and four overall, or excuse me, three and four in the league, five and five overall. And all of a sudden, a team that only a week ago was looking like a shoe in for the playoffs is probably outside of the playoff picture looking in. So that's a big one in the uh, the late, well, late game. It's a two o'clock kick. Illinois State at North Dakota. The Fighting Hawks still have an opportunity to make a case for the playoffs. If they win this week, they'll improve to five and five overall. And then next week they get the Jacks. And if the Fighting Hawks and uh, Coach Swigert can win their next two, finish six and five with a win at South Dakota State, given the weakness of the field, they might find themselves back in, in, into the playoffs. So it's a real interesting week around the valley there, uh, Brother Swan. What uh, We'll get to the NDSU Youngstown in, in, a, in a minute here. They're, they're all-world running back McLaughlin. A little bit smaller, 5'9", buck 75, but he's putting up 112 yards per game. What do you make of this valley slate? What, it, jumped, what jumps out to you? you know, the fact, uh, if you're SDSU, a uh, week after playing the Dakota Marker game, you have to go down to Vermillion and take on your other in-state rival. And I don't care who you are, that's hard. You know, that'd be like NDSU playing SDSU and UND on back-to-back weekends. And Vermillion's not an easy place to play. Uh, coach Nielsen, a hell of a coach, what he's done with that program and to build them up. And, you know, they just renovated the, the Dakota Dome down there. Uh, Herbster, their athletic director, has done a fantastic job. Good dude. And, Across the board, their sports are clicking on all cylinders, and I think it's going to be a, a white knuckle type game. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. They're they're hosted the uh, Vermilion host uh, state high school championships games down there every year, so I think it's going to be a sold out Dakota Dome. And you know, can SDSU's quarterback go in there and step up in that environment? It'll be interesting to see. I could see that one going either way. The UNI Missouri State game, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Farley. You know, that team. That's nice. That team is too good to do what they do every year. The fact they should be up there, right? Like like NDSU, like you South Dakota State. You beat South Dakota State. You beat Southern Illinois. And then you lose. You get smoked at home by South Dakota. And, and that was a Bison hangover thing. That was after the Bison had beat them. But you lose at Illinois State in overtime and only put up 10 points. Like I said, that UNI team, they should be the top of the league every year, but every year they, they do this roller coaster of Panther football. They're up, they're down. I mean, we haven't lost to that team since 2014. Isn't that just ridiculous? You know, so I, give Mark Farley a lifetime contract. We can sit and sit there down in, in Cedar Falls. Well, they do have budget issues. That's, that's People think they're this juggernaut, and I think that's because when we came into the league, they were. But they've got some serious budget issues that they have to grapple with every year that – that NDSU, frankly, in the FCS doesn't have to to deal with there. And then, uh, of course, you know, with UND in Illinois State, it's just an interesting day around the Valley. I know we'll be locked in probably having that SDSU-USD game on one of the TVs in the basement at the, the old Swan Cave with the NDSU game on, on the big screen. The Bison, we talked about it, and, and I think it's as simple as this. It's not a mystery. You, you take care of the penalties, and the Bison know everyone. It's, it's not – I hate to say it's not rocket science, but – you take care of the penalties, you do a better job figuring out how you get the ball in the end zone. Uh, when you're in the red zone, when you're knocking on the door, turn those into touchdowns. But you got to do a better job running the ball between the tackles. And I had mentioned in the show open, you and I have been going to Bison games. We've had season tickets since 93. You've got a long-time affiliation with the program. We both ball boyed, et cetera, et cetera. I don't remember in our lifetimes seeing a Bison team that has struggled the way this one has. And I know you threw out some – Rushing statistics, and on paper, yeah, the Bison appear to be all right rushing. They're not. They are not healthy, not from an injury standpoint. I've never seen a Bison team struggle to run the football like this team has. I can't think of, of any team any single year or a set of years 
where trying to get that interior run game and even even the outside of the tackles, just anywhere the the run just have a Bison running back after nine games, a leading rusher putting up forty two yards per game with only three hundred and eighty net yards. And this isn't a situation where it's a John Crockett, Samuel Jury type thing where one guy's got eight hundred yards, one guy's got seven hundred. This is a situation where whether it's the the interior or the whole offensive line or the running backs. But they got to figure it out, man, because if they don't figure it out, yeah, you might win that second-round playoff game. You might win a quarterfinal playoff game. But if the Bison struggle to run the ball in the playoffs, they're not getting to Frisco. If they can figure out how to run the ball, Cam Miller's playing really, really well right now. The fact that he goes down to Brookings, throws for 218, two touchdowns, has almost 300 yards total offense, I really like the way he's playing. But if the Bison can't run the ball, I think it's eventually going to catch up with them in the playoffs. But what do you make of all that? I think uh, Bill Belichick once said, uh, you got to pass to run. And for us, it's no mystery what we do. MDSU's had the same formula the last decade and a half, You know, going back to 20, 2008 in the Missouri Valley. Teams know we run, run the football, so what do they do? They load up the box. But the Bison have been able to pass. That's a thing. Well, we have been able to run. Right. We, we have not been able to run, but you said to, to run, you need to be able to, to pass. pass. Yeah, yeah, but I, have we been able to pass? Two eight five 15 to 23, that's a 65% completion clip for 218 yards at South Dakota State. I'm telling you, the issue at South Dakota State was not Cam Miller throwing the football. The issue was the Bison not being able to run the ball, period. It wasn't a situation where they're stacking the box and we just can't find anyone to throw to. The Bison had 218 yards of passing, right? The issue was running the ball. The issue specifically is failing to get any sort of semblance going. Sometimes on first and 10, you need to be able to just line up and pick up those three or four yards. And the Bison just were not able to do that. And even short yardage when you're knocking on the door, how many, when can you think of in the past? The Bison get the ball, they're they're close, they're inside the other team's 30. What have we done in the past? Gear up, baby, because we are coming right at you. We have not been able to do that. So I, I, I would disagree with you there. I think the Bison against South Dakota State earlier in the year, I think you're right that stretch between Towson and the first half of Missouri State. I think that that was an issue for this football team not being able to pass. Since Cam's been in there, the Bison passing offense has been fine. They've been actually pretty good. It's been an inability to run the ball. You can't put that on the passing game. You can't put that on the play calling. That comes down to the Rams just executing and not getting pushed back on the line of scrimmage. That, that's been the one issue you look at this team, and it, and it drives me nuts. You know, the, the lay football fan, the common football fan will see an offense – yeah, quote unquote struggling. I'm not saying this offense is struggling, but there's been a times where we can't just figure it out. Like you said, red zone uh, early in the game against uh, SDSU, coming up with seven points in the half, and uh, the the average football fan will go, "Oh, I have a quarterback play, uh, offensive coordinator. What's what's Tyler doing?" You look across the board, just the offensive line and good players, and they have by all means they have what it takes to get to Frisco. They're that talented, but I think some of the inconsistencies. I think you saw a couple. Uh, uh, upperclassmen get pulled last week. A couple of younger guys go in and get some snaps, and I, I think this this unit doesn't seem like it's gelled yet, and, and that's uh, frustrating and it's a concern. And you know, until that happens, you're going to see that margin for error. I think it's just it's going to be pretty slim. The Bison outgained South Dakota State offensively. The Bison uh, twenty. Listen to these numbers: North Dakota State twenty first downs, South Dakota State sixteen first downs. Total offense: North Dakota State three sixty five, three hundred sixty five total yards. South Dakota State, 349. Time of possession was about dead even. NDSU had the ball for 29 minutes and 55 seconds. South Dakota State had the ball for 30 minutes and 5 seconds. 
So, and we should point out the team is still eight and one. Eight and Five, one. There's only one team with only a single loss in the Valley, and that's North Dakota State, who lost to a good South Dakota State team on the road. So, I I don't think I I think maybe you know doing some own self scouting here. Bison fans have high expectations. So do this team. No one has more. No one has higher expectations than the guy in the lock. The guys in the locker room, players, coaches, and all that jazz. But the Bison, if you would have gone into the year, if someone would have told you this team's going to be atop the valley, eight and one overall, five and one in the league, in sole possession of first place with two games left against Youngstown and South Dakota, every Bison fan out there would have taken that. One hundred percent. I'm not saying, and I'm not trying to, you know. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm trying to make myself feel a little bit better after being in Brookings and having to see them. And that's the other frustrating thing. You see the rival get the rock again. So for the for since uh, what the Bison haven't had the rock since October 2019 was the last time that we won against South Dakota State. We lose against them last spring. Lose against them in the fall. So it's the recency thing. It's just the frustration watching those guys leave the field with the Dakota marker again. But but overall, the Bison, it's not like there are all of these problems. The defense buckled buckled down in the second half. The North Dakota State defense in that second half when South Dakota State was smelling blood in the water, the Bison shut down the Jacks, held them to one field goal, and offensively, South Dakota State really couldn't get anything going against the herd in the second half. The Bison figured it out. I think Coach David Braun is one of the best defensive coordinators in the FCS. Special teams, uh, Jake Reinholds kicking it, solid. Punting game, it's all right. The, even the passing game, offensively, you put up 360. If someone would have told me the Bison put up more yards against the Jacks, I just said the Bison are going to win that football game. It's just the way a football game goes. You've seen hundreds of them. Two or three plays decided that contest. Yeah, they did. And, you know, you talk about the the course over the season and, you know, the, the offensive time, I think, since that Missouri State game, we've gotten a little bit better. But, you know, how about this? Does this blow you away, the fact when you look at – uh, two stats that might get overlooked throughout the season, throughout the year. NDSU has ran 536 plays. Our opponents have ran 534. So what's that? That is, that is crazy. Doesn't that blow your mind? So then what that correlates to is we're leading time of possession 31 minutes and 18 seconds to 28 minutes and 42 seconds. Pretty tight. The la- that's pretty tight. For a Bison team that likes to play ball control, run the football offense, that's pretty tight. You want to yeah. be around that 35, 36-minute mark. You, you absolutely do. So you, you look at that, that's um, – you know your defense has to make more plays. They're going to be on the field longer. So. Well, I think I think that well, we'll get we'll talk about it after the break. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll do game day predictions, keys to the game, and we'll let Justin uh, wrap up those thoughts. Closing down, getting ready for kickoff on a wintry's November day. It's heard it here with the Swannies. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Doing the research, doing the science to bring you game day predictions on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan make sure to check check out the show podcast, Apple iTunes search heard it here. Josh Linus running the boards, keeping the trains on the track today. He zips me the MP3. I post it. Show will be online about oh, 9.30-ish, 9.40 this morning. Brother Swan, Justin Swanson joining us in studio. I want to thank Smith Motors. Small town friendly 
Big town deals. Weldon's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon. Justin, on the year, Cam Miller is completing 70% of his passes for eight touchdowns. I like that. I would like to see this buys an offense. Here's my bold prediction. We talked about it during the break. First or second drive of the game, take a shot downfield with Watson. Let that tear him loose. Cut that guy loose. Let the burners and the size and Mathis, let those guys get after it. I'm calling it Miller to Watson or Miller to Mathis for a 65-plus yard touchdown pass early in the game against the Penguins. What do you think? I like it. <clears throat> and Stambaugh Stadium, the Ice Castle, has been a house of horrors for the Penguins when they go up against the Bison. The Bison all-timer, 5-1 and at Stambaugh. We haven't lost there since 2008. 2008. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Carter was president then. That was a long time ago. Gas was 88 cents a gallon. Abba, Jaws was the number one movie in the Abba box office. Jaws was number one at the, yeah. at the concert scene. I had the, the Walkman with the tape player back then. It was fantastic. But it's been a long time since the Bison have lost in Youngstown, and I think this this game going on the road is just what the doctor ordered. You can kind of circle the wagons. It's it's all about you. It's going to be sense of urgency sense is what I want to see. It, but it's going to be a sleepy atmosphere in Youngstown. You know, we're going to have to create our own intensity, and and we thrive when that happens. We're used to that. We're used to playing at Western and Indiana State and at sleepy stadiums like this, and you you get away from that the intensity and the family and the girlfriends and everything else and i think you see the bison take care of business today i think you see him take care of business big give, give me a game day prediction travis done around the ring coming up next stay tuned for that but give me your game day prediction there uh, brother swan i think you're going to see a lot of bison can i say po'd can you say that on radio no go for it you can say pissed off for excellence you just like, did like, like we're Lu- like the manning brothers ray lewis used to say i'm like you, you you're be, like eli you got to be pissed off for right? greatness i think you're going to see a lot of angry bison today coming out wanting to make a point giving me the double birds in the studio here <laughs> no, no, it's like eli happening. manning it's that live radio happening. folks come on what did, what did you give me a score? Bison are going to come out angry. We're going to come out hot. We're going to take this thing 38-13. to 13. Youngstown's going to get a couple of garbage points in the second half. 38-13. to 13. Book it. Call your bookies. Throw it down. Put the mortgage on it. Put the kids' college fund on it. Bison get it done. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think uh, either 740 AM, the fan, or DAY, the Manning cast. We need a swan cast. That would be absolutely bonkers entertaining. I think the Bison are going to get it to like a 28 28- to zero, 28-7 kind of halftime game. I think the weather, the rain, the snow rolls in second half. A lot of uh, kind of dialing back, but I see the same thing. Let's go. Let's let's go. I think a mad Bison team comes out, like Justin said, all ornery. It's going to be North Dakota State 42. The Bison 42, Youngstown State 10. This is Herded here with Swanee. want to thank Smith Motors and Weldon's Tire Service. Stick around. And, of course, thank Josh Linus for running the boards. And Brother Swan, stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. And remember that the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Duh.